0: It's yep. Indianapolis Center. Do you have any test operations sure. restricted area 2508? Aries 31, Roger. The traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion over. Roger
1: Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, Over.
0: Okay, center. The traffic is approaching head on,
1: alter right, and really moving. They're right by it,
2: right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Oh, good evening, everyone, and
3: welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the gang. Girls, get ready. Sit yourselves down. Get your mister. Get your fan. Get your big box of Kleenex, your extra big box of wipes, and your squeegee. Because he's here, the very famous Wan-Wan.
1: The squeegee is really important. Hey Mac, how's it going? Glad to be here. Glad to be anywhere.
3: <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Um, we so, have not. Should I clap uh,
3: for myself? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're not on camera tonight, and we we all feel a loss for that.
1: I'm really concerned about it too, because I should be able to fix this, but uh, yes, it's just okay. not happening.
3: Maybe it's God telling you something. Uh, no, no, no. Anyway, maybe, maybe it's knows I God,
1: don't have my makeup on today.
3: There you go. Speaking (laughs) of God, speaking of God up there in his uh, compound, running his own little religion is our uh, good friend. They know him as Coke on the streets, but we know him as Comanacoma, CC. No milf, no gilf, no. I was going to say, no no gilfs tonight. (laughs) I'm sure they're rejoicing out there. Can't you hear them?
4: All is well there, uh, sir, and I'm very happy to be here once again, joining on the wing. Okay.
1: Thank you, Cobra. Good to see you.
4: Seems, well, I like well, you're I looking really squared
1: away like today.
4: It. Thank you. I did wow. the uh, self haircut. You did. Uh, you did. It looks good and, uh, on the weekend. So I'm feeling uh, really uh, good about myself.
3: Okay, good for you. Well, there's a there's one pe- yeah. one person who thinks that way. That's I noticed kind of, right away. Is it a floby? Is it a floby or is it just no? Cheers? No, it's
4: uh, it's it's the uh, standard barber. Uh, shop shear set. It's the uh, same style that I used when I used to give uh, haircuts on the ship and when oh, deployed. Really? Lots of they, practice over the years and yeah. uh, for the last couple of years now I've been just doing it myself.
3: Huh. Okay so they came to you on the ship when they needed a haircut.
4: Well you know that's uh sometimes you gotta you gotta be the man with the goods or the skills
3: they, they go to him but too all he, all he gave his crew cuts right i mean he didn't yeah. get oh, no fancy, no i
4: I I, no, I I i had a quite a few gals that came as well for the oh. uh, for the hairstyling gals
3: industry. wow excuse me Mr. fully Cobra. integrated
4: cruise fully integrated <laughs> cruise uh back so you know you have to be uh, up on the styles uh-huh and uh you know just a little off the top uh yeah sides and time. back Sides and back for uh, most of the older guys. They like the sides and back. Don't touch the top.
3: Okay. Mr. Cobra's Beauty Salon. I can see that. I can, I can see. The I can women see. Women Mr. Cobra's hair
4: stylist. Hair stylist. Sorry. I, I can
1: see if guys are ready it's to a, go to
3: the brig. They go right to, issue, to
4: them. Come on. I see. All
3: right. Well, this. Oh,
4: speaking of which Mac, before we go? Yes. Did you notice the coaster I'm using tonight? Yes. I got a bunch of them uh, to be distributed. They're very nice.
1: Should I leave any in the studio? It's up to you guys.
4: I, I left, yeah, already, sure. already dropped some off in the studio. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. And
5: and let me add, Commander, hey. Matt, those coasters are now proliferating throughout various uh, establishments in New Hampshire.
4: All right, so let, let's really? make a quick uh, remark okay. here uh, for listeners who are interested in what we're talking about. If they uh, send a uh, email to Mac asking about this, Mac will send a picture, and uh, I will figure out a way to get coasters to people if the demand uh, comes becomes high enough,
3: if there was a demand,
4: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're really they're really
3: nice. You know, they came up, the design came out really nice, and uh, I could see them on bars everywhere.
4: I think they should be, and I think if people see them in bars, they should contact you, and it should be a suitable prize. Yes.
3: <laughs>
4: okay. Now, now you're really getting into tax territory there, my friend.
3: Listen, uh, now I don't want to let down all those mill skills and GG guilds, but. <laughs> the bad news is no switch tonight. Switch is on a secret mission. Really? Yep. So we are switchless tonight. Uh, however, taking his place, well, I don't know if anyone can take his place, but uh, our good friend, Draco Johnson, is calling us from down there, down south, south of Mason Dixon Line. Draco, how you doing?
0: Good, Mac. How are you, sir? Good. good. Hey, Draco, you're what's, looking good too. You look good. What's 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 yeah. new with you? Not the much same old stuff, different day. Mm-hmm. Okay. I you
4: have to say that Jocko's background is the kind of background that could be sold for people who want to look like they have a real world background. His background yes. is outstanding. His books, yeah, the I flags. It's yeah. a real
1: office too. Got awards here. I have awards. the guns. Yep.
4: Guns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole the whole thing is there. There are people in D.C. that would spend big money to have that as a virtual background. I like Just that.
3: introduce the last member here. Then I want to come back to you for a second there with people in dc uh, also joining us is agent x the guy who works for the company that works no the guy who works for the agency <laughs> that works for the agencies x how you doing
5: never better thanks for having yeah. me and i'm glad to see you guys again did
3: you, did you cut your own hair today too huh?
5: no i got a wicked shot haircut and uh-huh. uh, uh, she said oh you were in the army so i'll give you the haircut you deserve and that was hmm. three weeks ago.
1: So, good. still looking it's good.
5: Taking a while to grow back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, had I had my cut, but my wife did. Wow.
1: Okay.
5: You know, but, oh. but what I, I have to say, because I am an avid reader and a book reviewer and a. Um, uh,
4: just an author um, in your own right. Yes.
5: An uh, omniscient connoisseur of all things literary. Go on. <laughs> but. <laughs> When the commander said that he was a barber, all I could think about is Sweeney Todd, the Barber
4: of Fleet. (laughs) Oh, really? The guy who cut everyone's throat. I I really was hoping for the Barber of Seville. I didn't need the Barber (laughs) of Sweeney Todd, but uh, well, there you go.
5: Hey, it was a a fantastic book, you
4: know, a Victorian age book,
5: and a horrible movie. Yes. Sweeney Todd. Yeah,
4: but the play was great. There was a, it was an off-Broadway production. Yeah, it, was it was
3: excellent. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. That was a big time play. I wanted oh, it to well, be listen. great. It was Johnny going Depp to, was in uh, it, Helena Bonham to, Carter. Oh, go ahead. JJ, go ahead. Johnny
1: Depp, Helena Bonham Carter. I wanted it to be a, a great movie and it sucked.
3: Mm, she's in that? Are you kidding me? Right?
1: Isn't she X? Helena
3: Bonham she Carter. She is. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah she's the
4: main heartthrob in it. Yeah. 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 And
5: she comes to a, a really bad ending. Oh,
3: that's well. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, there's something about her. She's one of those actresses that you know when she's on the screen, you can't stop looking at her. You know, she's not not, not the most beautiful woman in the world, but she is kind of cute. And there's just I believe about the
4: word you're searching for. Oh, writers of great uh, skill here that are with us is captivating. She's captivating. It. Yeah. It's
0: what are talking about? I missed. Uh, I missed. Um, Helena Helen Bottom, Helen oh, Bottom
1: Carter. Helena oh, yeah. Bottom Carter. Yeah. She's she's yeah.
0: nutty. She's nutty hot. She is she's nutty Nuda hot. Harts yeah, Harts. Yes, She's not. hot. Alice in Wonderland.
3: Off with
1: her head.
0: <laughs> nutty hot. Off with their head. The
3: hot. As li- I like that term. Nutty hot. Listen, anyway, Coco. Let's just get back real quick. So you were talking about how people would love to have these backgrounds, you know, in DC. What that made me think of is, you know, I, I try to avoid watching the news, but it's on a lot. And you know, they'll because everyone went to Zoom. <laughs> The when we went to Zoom, you know, um, you have a lot of these reporters and correspondents and experts calling in from home, essentially, right? And what I've noticed, especially in the morning, is that every, almost every guy who's on, there's a guitar in the background.
4: Yeah, that's so very he may sh- right He makes
3: sure everyone sees his Fender, you know. Oh, yeah.
4: Very popular, and,
3: and it's getting to it's 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 getting crazy now. Now everyone needs you know a guitar hanging in the background to look cool.
4: You know. Now, do you remember that one I shared with you about uh, two months ago with the gal that had the sexual device on the uh, counter on the mm-hmm. on the shelf behind her? <laughs> yes, go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, no, there, was, I, there was no more. I just want to go with it. I just okay. you know, I just thought it was really interesting because a whole bunch of people on Twitter came out and said maybe she should you know prep it. Just a tad bit more, and she had, you know, fairly giant uh, device. Looked like something that uh, Bezos would take to space. If you're catching my <laughs> meaning, <game. laughs> oh, come on! Holy cow, oh, Coco on fire! And and
3: and
5: and her name wasn't Jeffrey Tubin, right?
4: No, it <laughs> was not. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, Jeffrey Toobin.
3: Toobin. He should be a, he should be a hero to us all because he proves you can come back from anything these days. Any kind of embarrassment. No problem.
4: I, and, I, and I just like to get the correct the uh, the record straight here. Uh, X, I believe Tupin was using all the God given uh, equipment. I don't believe he was using any uh, artificial mechanical enhancements on we, devices. Okay. Yeah. You know okay. okay. uh,
5: you know no better than me, sir. Yeah, never he looks heard. like he, he I, sounds like he studied I it. just was horrified to hear about the results.
3: <laughs> sounds like he did a deep dive into it. Well, listen, before we take a break, now because we have <laughs> we because we have no switchy. That means no um what did switch have for breakfast. Um though so he was a guest on the show this weekend and like one of the first questions they asked him is what did you have for breakfast? So it's getting around, but I'd like to tell you what I had for breakfast this morning. Mm-hmm. want to hear it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Max, please share it. Go for
3: it. Don't I, had ask like, me what I
4: had though.
3: well, I, we might've had the same thing. I had like six and a
4: half of, uh, Ross's scones. Okay. <laughs> Ross's scones. <laughs> you got that many. Yeah, so, so everyone can understand there was a recent uh, mm. gathering at the compound and, uh, Ross Sharp, our, uh, our super uh, Matt Brit man that is working on building the return of the mosquito to the skies of the UK, he has the ability, he, his scones and his bakeware is like crack for this. Uh, for this crack stat. is the
3: word, yep.
4: I mean, I you the behaviors that occur with when he shows up with this with his baked <laughs> yeah. goods is this year it was JJ who was caught stealing yeah. uh-huh. when, and when when caught it was I'm bringing this home from my wife. I oh my if <laughs> that is the lamest. My hands were in the scone be, bag. It's right up there with I'm trying to feed the starving children. Name <laughs> your country, okay? <laughs> horrible, <Yeah>. just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> horrible. Okay.
3: Now, two years ago, <laughs> I took a couple home.
4: With a couple
3: eight. now, a couple. <laughs> is like you needed County a basket DC. to bring it home. A is like You're like you look like Little Red Riding or Hood or something. Else. I took some home with but there were plenty. I didn't take them all. But there was something about these scones. Believe me, <laughs> oh. I, you cannot stop eating them you can't And he also
4: he, and god bless ross he also put in a couple other featured items in there as well that you received, based on his grandmother's recipe and i believe what he's trying to do mac is he's trying to uh, ease your opinion and has often been uh, officiated here in the great airways of mac maloney's military x-files the distant thunder radio network what? that English cuisine, British cuisine sucks. And yeah, obviously, suck. this is not true when you get down to the scones. Well, and, the scones okay. are the best thing I've ever had out of England, to tell you the truth. But, <laughs>
0: oh, wait, 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 wait. i got to get some crumbs. Stop. Up. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Withdraw.
5: Scones are from Scotland and Ireland.
3: Oh well, okay. we, I'm glad we had next. More break.
4: culture appropriation.
5: Don't tell Ross no, no, that. No,
4: careful, now, X. Let's not get into <laughs> heraldry, because... On his mother's side, he has Irish ancestry. Oh, right. so uh-huh. you know, okay. No, Let's not let's not be vaunting around the Celtic quite yet. Okay? Can we not wow. bash ahead and not make like it's a soccer man? I'll
1: show you my ancestry DNA stuff. that shows my Irish background.
3: Well, okay, all right. You're you're one half Irish, one half Italian, uh, one half Filipino, and one half what?
1: Uh, Italian, F- Filipino, I- and Irish, pretty much, uh, that's it. Wow. Now, what a mix. Now, Eileen Eileen is Scottish. She can show you her tartan and her crest. Watch it. The next time she shows up <laughs> okay. uh-huh. at, when you're <laughs> okay. gathering. Well, listen,
3: and then, no, why don't we take a quick
1: there are break
4: There so many now. girls that I used to try to get their tartan and their crest. Inside. There we go. <laughs> <That's> amazing.
3: <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, why don't we take a quick break now, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Middle Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned.
6: Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hats, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe with a forward by the very famous Wanwan Juan Juan. on sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
3: Welcome back everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What the show we have for you tonight. Quickly. Uh, who is here? JJ is here. You bet. I'm here. Coco is here.
4: Hey Mac, and I just want you to know that I had turkey stuffing for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Interesting.
3: Okay. Uh, That's good turkey stuff. Turkey
4: stuffing. Wait, you mean just the stuffing? Well, it's my stuffing, and since we were talking about scones earlier, that's what I served this weekend at the at the compound. Okay, and uh, leftovers, of course, and uh, it's good stuff. I, my stuffing is not like the traditional stuff.
3: Okay, uh, JJ
4: to- and and others will attest to it. Oh, what you so got some Cheerios
3: rest. wrapped in it or something.
4: Oh, some breakfast stuffing. It's a it's a very uh, very classified recipe. I'm okay, not- that I believe.
3: No uh, switchy tonight. Switchy's on a secret mission. Okay, I think he's probably getting a new, you know, new hair transplant. Who knows? New system. System. Yeah. We'll find out next week. Uh, also with us uh, though is uh, Agent X. Is here, Agent X.
5: Thank you for having me, Mac, and I very much enjoyed being with this August crew.
3: Oh, good. Okay. One thing's for sure: X doesn't have a doesn't have a system. If he does, it's a bad one. That's a compliment in a way, X.
5: I have no idea what
1: you just said. I'm thinking thinking about it, too.
3: He doesn't have a what? A a system? (laughs) Also joining us is a good friend down there in South Carolina, ex-NYPD Blue, Jocko Johnson. Jocko.
0: Hello, Mac. How are you? Good to be here, guys. Yeah. Hey, waffles, uh, egg goes this morning.
7: Really, oh, yeah. What a so many
0: jam. I get this jam from the Smoky Mountain Knife Works. They make this berry <laughs> jam that is like outstanding. Wow, cool!
3: How <laughs> many? How many? How many of those bad boys do you have? Three, I think. Three. Okay.
4: <clears throat> Two a many a mission launched on Egos
0: Yeah, yeah, quick. yeah. Just Grab them in your hand and you go. And of course, the obligatory like half a pot of coffee. So there yeah, you go. They're good.
1: They that rounds it okay.
3: up. Okay, so listen. So one of the things we're going to want to talk about tonight is, um, and this has been in the news lately, and actually been in the news for the past couple of years, and I never really looked into it as deeply as I did today, to tell you the truth, but we're talking about exactly what these U.S. Navy pilots saw back in 2004, the the famous Tic Tac video, and I had seen the videos, and um, I had read some of the news reports when it came out just like a couple of years ago. Uh, But today I did some research and um, it's a really interesting story. So, and what interested me mostly about it is that the thing that they saw, this Tic Tac video, and the way it was acting, it it bears, you know, not really much resemblance to what we consider, you know, the classic UFO sighting. Uh, So, I just wanted to run down, you know, exactly what happened with these pilots real quick. And then I'm going to throw it at Coco because... Uh, what they saw is, as they say, what they saw is just completely different from what people have been seeing since at least World War II. And that's that's basically the flying saucer, the cigar-shaped object, and so on. This thing had, n- had very little relation to those types of shapes. So very quickly, this is what happened. So these guys, they're 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 you know out of San Diego with his large US Navy presence, and they're flying. Uh FA 18s. fa 18 Fs. So there's two guys in each plane. And um supersonic jet, it's the Navy's top fighter. It's a great airplane. It's been around for a while, but a great airplane. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna fly out over the Pacific and they're gonna meet some marine airplanes, uh, probably F-18s, maybe not, who knows? And um, and they're gonna have like mock dog fights and stuff. They're gonna train against them. The Marines are the bad guys, the Navy guys are the good guys. They do this all the time. It's basically what they do at, at Top Gun, but they do this all the time. They just practice against each other. So that's a, that was their mission for the day. They take off. The guy says, this is their interview with one of the pilots, and um, and everything's going good now. Here's the thing, is that they're going to hook up with this Aegis cruiser called the um, USS Clemente, I think. And it um, uh, might have been another name. I'm not sure. But anyway, now, this is important to the story. Because an Aegis cruiser probably has, you know, pound for pound, more detection systems, more radar, more sonar, you know, an Aegis cruiser can find you halfway around the world. So they have, you know, they they have lots of sensors in the area. The Navy pilots are going to hook up with them. They're going to have this mock dog fight with the the, uh, bad guys who are coming in to blow up an aircraft carrier. That's the mission of the day. So they're on their way and all of a sudden they get a uh, message from this age's cruiser and they say, Hey, listen, um, you know, where are you exactly? And so on. So they tell them, and they say, well, we got something else flying in, uh, in that kind of box. So we're going to uh, forget the, uh, the training exercise. now, and they, and they say, we have some real world tasking, which is such a great military term. Yeah. And they yeah. said, we want, we want you to go and check this out. So they go, they go to the spot and, they get it on their radar, and then they they look down and they look. And they're at twenty thousand feet, all right. So they're about four miles high, between four and five miles high. And they look down, and what they see is something kind of agitating the water below them. Now they're off the coast of California, and they said that the agitation itself. I was surprised by this. He says it's about the size of a seven thirty-seven. That's a big airliner. So, you know, the 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 agitation on the water was noticeable. And then he said, out of the middle of this agitation comes this craft. And he says, we called it a tic-tac because it looked like a tic-tac. And it looked like it had a couple kind of maybe antennas or something hanging off the side. of But basically, it looked like a tic-tac. And this thing is hovering above this agitated water, this, uh, this agitated water. And so they're looking at it and they think, well, what we're looking at is a helicopter. And what the agitation in the water is, is you know, the the downwash from the helicopter blades. But then the thing, like, moves, starts moving around, and they can see that it it doesn't have any wings, it doesn't have any rotor, it's just this thing. And uh, they decide, oh, we're going to go down and take a look at it. And as soon as they kind of approached it, the the thing took off, and what the guy said was, uh, the pilot said was, you know, once you hear this a lot, one second it was there, and it was just gone. And he'd never seen anything Anything move like that, and um, it really shook them up. As it turns out, so they um, come back to the uh, they 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 uh, start to go on with the training mission again. And as soon as they started again, they get a call from the Aegis cruiser again. And says that thing has, has is back. It's shown back up. So they go back. They look for it. Uh, they can't find it. But that at, at that point, they land back on the aircraft carrier. No one really debriefs them uh, seriously, but they do take the videotapes and the radar tapes that were made by them and also subsequent uh, people who launched in the carrier that day who saw the same thing. Uh, so where on the face of it, it seems like the people debriefing them didn't take it seriously. Someone did abscond with the uh, videotapes and the radar tapes. That's a whole other story. So how did, the way they described this thing that they saw was a cube with some kind of an aura around it, okay? A, a, a cube inside like some kind of a uh, an orb or something, you know, inside some kind of an egg. And, and this thing moved in ways that, you know, we cannot understand. And certainly uh, they go against the, um, the laws of aerodynamics as uh, we know them. Now, uh, as I said before, up until this point, uh, you know, you can, you basically, when you heard about, you know, UFO sightings, there was either like bright lights, triangles with a lot of lights on them, cigar shaped objects and the old flying saucer and, and lots of little things in between, but nothing even close to that. So to what these guys saw and took video of. Uh, so from that point, that's, the, that's the elevator pitch. It's a long journey up top, but I'm going to throw it to Coco now and I'm going to just start out with this question. So, as we talked about, off the air, flying saucers, in a way, I suppose, could be area dynamically possible because I know that they've built kind of flying saucers that kind of flew, um, and sag- cigar-shaped objects with most. But this thing sounds like it isn't even close to anything like that. You know, like a, a you know, a, a, a cube inside an orb sounds so strange. Do you agree? I do.
4: So you, you, as usual, have thrown a large net out. Let me try to grab a couple of the parts and pieces that you've thrown out. First and foremost, um, starting with the whole disc, uh, the the flying saucer, the traditional flying saucer UFO, is very aerodynamic. Anybody who's tossed a Frisbee knows that. Um, The the helicopter uh, resembles a solid disc when its rotor blades are moving. So that is an aerodynamic force. Uh, and, and understood shape. There have been a number of aircraft that have been uh, been tested and developed over the years. And we're approaching a time now that there may be propulsion systems that make them work very uh, effectively in the aerodynamic range or region. What I mean by that is we're using the movement of air molecules to make lift, to make the aircraft fly. Now, when we talk about cigar shapes, often, disks on their side will have a cigar-shaped kind of look. So that accounts for some of the uh, things that have seen in the past. But I also will point the audience and and all of the august members of Macmillan's Military X-Files that's assembled here tonight, that when you look at what um, is going on with Tesla, what's going on with uh, Bezos and and his space aircraft, we now have the traditional rocket that is now landing vertically on landing gear you know something out of the 1950s science fiction uh, depiction of what is possible on that we have that happening now that's not so much aerodynamic force as it is working thrust with gravity to make that vehicle work it's trying to get away from anything that's aerodynamic in that case so we, we have a couple real world examples that fit in there Uh, On some of the things you talked about, the tic-tac shape, when discussed, as it's talking about this cube or some kind of squared off kind of uh, vehicle aircraft surrounded by some kind of uh, plasma or some kind of uh, containment. Something, yeah. Indicates that we're not in the aerodynamic range. We've left that when we get into that area. What yep. we're now getting into yeah. is anti-gravity. We're getting into different types of, of, of materials and techniques and capabilities, technology. And if you couple that with the Navy's not so uh, clandestine patent applications on a number of propulsion and a number of capabilities in that realm in the last 18 months, that lends some credence to it. we will also note that the TIC-TAC shape, uh, bears out on when you look at the HUD films that were taken by the F-18, and that's Commander David Fravor that you talked about. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm unable to connect directly to uh, to David, but I have uh, worked with a number of his uh, contemporaries and some of the folks that were in his squadron and other, uh, other jobs. You're gonna love his call sign. It's sexual, is what I've been told. Is his call sign, and hopefully one of these days we'll get him on MacMillan's Multi X Files and we can confirm that. What is it?
3: What is it? What is his nickname? I just you know? said it, sexual. Se- it's sexual. That's his nickname. His call sign is call sign. It's sexual. Sexual well, favor. Sexual. sexual oh, all right, Jocko. See, Jocko's a cop. Jocko's on it.
4: Jocko's He's on it. <laughs>
3: sexual favor. But oh,
4: that oh, that uh, kick, that vehicle has been spotted in clovis new mexico hmm. in the last uh, six to eight months of the time that we're talking about that we're doing the show so it lends a lot of uh, credence that this is not extraterrestrial and yep. nature yeah. that it is uh man-made technology and i'm going to go as far as to say that i'm going to say that this is u.s technology because a we're talking about it it was not engaged in a way that it was shot at or taken in any kind of aggressive uh, way. Yep. Um, so that tends to make me think. Well, and I've had other folks challenge me on this. There was no way that the U.S. government would ever subject members of the U.S. military to uh, experimentation and you know unproven uh, technology or things like that. And uh, I just saw on the screens here a couple folks that have been around the block. Uh, almost as many times as me, saying, N- "Yeah, not so much." We know that that's going to happen, and it has happened. It happens all the time.
3: All right, so, i think I throw, I got two group balls to throw at you when you have.
4: All right, so I just want I, there's one thing I do want to run very quickly before we go. That okay? And here, here's the uh, the breakdown. Here are the most common shapes that are seen: the circle. And a circle can be a sphere. It can be anything that has a circular shape you don't see the three dimensions very well on right that is um probably number two or number three of the most popular ufo reported shape the sphere Mm -hmm. is a little bit less than that and when you talk to people who say they see a sphere it tends to be around something that is uh, close to the ground when you look at the report it usually has the same thing with the tic tac there's something surrounding it Yep. the other one is the oval shape, which, again, can be just a uh, proximity of how you're looking at it, your vantage point and how that shape's set up. Yeah, yeah, The fireball is seen, and I think that that tends to lead to something more astronomical in many cases or something yeah. that has a much more reasonable explanation, meaning you have an aircraft of some kind that has had a malfunction or is re-entering the atmosphere and shows that.
6: Yeah, the Triangle,
4: right. which is obviously one of my personal favorites, everyone knows that, ties pretty much the number two or number three spot as the most popular thing seen. No doubt in my mind that the Triangle is not an interstellar vehicle. It is advanced technology, uh, man-made, inspired, or uh, linked to uh, reverse engineering, possible.
3: Mm, I doubt and it, but the, the Stealth Fighter is the perfect example
4: absolutely so isn't the b2 so isn't a number of other aircraft that we know are around but not uh, officially confessed and of course the disc comes in after that but the number mm-hmm. one sighting a shape that is described is simply light and light yeah. can be a you give a variety of uh, of areas that this comes up from it can come up from things as such as just coming off the aircraft itself with its man-made it has light it can be a reaction of physics with, with the heat with reaction to the atmosphere the sr-71 showed a certain glow because of the amount of friction that was being generated on the outside of the airframe mm-hmm. if you had the proper ir capability you would be able to see it as it moved and did what it did as well as what we always talk about mac you know there are certain lights on on uh on these reportings and you always say, well why would it why would an extraterrestrial vehicle have light? Why would it right. exhibit light? And I think there's a lot of reasons that range from it could be uh, just something that's part of the aircraft itself, a residual leakage of stuff that shows photons in, an, in a range that we can see or can be reported, okay. all the way down to it could the aircraft trying to deceive. We use lights to deceive all the time. Yeah. It wouldn't be the first time that military airplanes have flown in a civil light configuration. Trying to uh, buy the extra couple minutes to uh, continue into an operation. Yep, I can see that.
3: Okay, so so two questions. Let's say number one that these are man-made. They're U.S. man-made. Okay, and we're talking about this like you know, compared to everything else, is really really high tech, really really high tech type stuff. Right, but. This happened in 2004. Okay, that's quite a while ago. You know, uh, then 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 why don't we see the result of that? Why don't we have bombers that can now do this? You know, why don't we have? Why don't we live in a different world if we if we possess that kind of a technology many years ago? You know, it seems like um, we'd be farther further
4: ahead technology wise. So the first and simplest answer I can give is is that it's so costly. And it's so demanding, and it probably has some really high crucial requirements. I am convinced the way these aircraft have flown, and specifically talking about the TIC-TAC, that it is a manned aircraft. And a lot of people poo-poo me on that because no one could survive those kinds of G maneuvers and those kinds of things going on. Right. If you're in the realm of doing what the TIC-TAC does, you need to set aside the aerodynamic uh, argument. That's not even part of the discussion. You're talking about now power sources, power sources and capabilities where you're setting up force fields to work uh to bring, put a containment field in for the propulsion system as well as probably some kind of a manned crew mm-hmm. as well as what's going on whatever the propulsion or its way of moving around with anti-gravity capability on that and i'm going to harken back to a couple of your books mac where you have in there very advanced aircraft that are reverse engineered And you talk in there very accurately, I think, about the kind of groups of people that are surrounded around this that it takes to launch these missions and to do them and to accomplish that up. So I think what you have is you have the capability, but it hasn't been able to be activated or used at a level that it makes it a very useful weapon system. You can go and move around in three dimensions, possibly even some other kind of time shifting that may be going on there. But you're not able to act to grab to turn it into a usable system. That's one. Part two is when you look at the YF-12 and the SR-71, which was the the second aircraft to come out of that series of aircraft.
7: Okay. The design
4: of turning that into a bomber or in turning it into a fighter-type aircraft that can engage and go do things just wasn't practical. Its role became very effective in being able to be in a spot, time and place to be able to take pictures and fill the gap between satellites or, or emerging and what was being provided by the U-2. So you, you may have capabilities that have not been refined enough to make them into a useful capability yet. Also, I believe that when you look at these kind of discussions, the industrial, the the Defense industrial complex is not going to absorb easily breakthroughs like this if it's going to leave them standing empty handed. And you're going to you're not going to move at the speed that you should move at or have that capability. And I, I can guarantee you that in a think tank and X is the perfect guy on the show tonight to have this to, to, to back me up on this. You're going to have people that are sitting a what happened think tank and say this is so far reaching it's so stabilizing to the world environment that we know right now the, the order that we have established right now that if we unveil this technology we're going to be so far tipping it that it's going to be anarchy and it's going to break loose it's the same bs that's been used for years why yeah. we can't disclose what we know with uh, what has happened with extraterrestrial visitors or the, the the ufos that are obviously not of this planet
3: so so all uh, right so um And the the little time we have left, let me just ask you another thing, two things, right? Number one, um, then would the, um, let's say some U.S. military entity has these things, and they've been flying around since 2004 at least, and they're still flying around. Would they really put the U.S. Navy in the position of saying, you know, we don't know what these things are, the videotapes come up, they basically admitted they didn't know what they were and so on. And these things really led to this uh, disclosure thing that happened in June, which really didn't say very much. But they have to do another one at the end of September. So would would the Navy be you know duped, you know into um, into this? Wouldn't someone at the highest uh, you know levels of the Navy say yes. to whoever is doing now, there's this? There's no uh,
4: doubt in my mind that that is what happened, and I'm going to really? go back to it. In 1950s when they were releasing, uh, they the government in some entity, some form was releasing different types of infectious diseases in, in the New York subway system. Okay, right. And they were doing that. They wanted to track and figure out how things were, were moving and how it moved through a crowd, how interesting right. in the times that we live in now when we talk about those kinds of things that happen. We have Operation Mockingbird where the CIA was manipulating what the press was putting okay. out to get all kinds of public opinion. Yes, I know, but, the,
3: but 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 that's, that's then. And the climate that we exist in these days, where it, it, everything and anything is almost impossible to keep secret,
4: I don't agree with you. you, you this is our age. This is probably the greatest clash that you and I have. We think we know more now. We think we have more access now, and we don't. It's I, I don't. I can't yeah, I'm just saying that
3: there. I, I can see if if someone worked on this thing uh, in 2004, for whatever U.S. military entity, you know created it, those people are probably, you know, have left the service and why aren't they working for Bezos and these cats now? You know, I mean and maybe you know, they
4: are and maybe they also know that if they open their mouths in the world that we live in now, as you so accurately put, that the cancel that could come down. What could happen to them on that is just too great.
3: But the guy who whacked Bin Laden wrote a book too. Okay, so you know that I think that whole thing is out the window. I think these days, ninety-nine percent of the people who are in on something, you know, the secret, twenty think, years ago, or now I let me think, just say, let me just say, I think that everybody has a price these days, and, and the and the um, you know the backlash that you might get from something like that, it's kind of it rolls off of
4: many people's backs these okay. days. Okay, so Mac, I, I completely. I, I completely agree. What you say is, and, and, and comparing someone who put the rounds for bin Laden to someone who possibly would have the world come crashing down on them from, from our technical media co- complex that's there. We, yep. You're trying to tell me that you believe that everything that is ever presented is open source and we're, we have... No,
3: No, access. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that it's very hard to keep a
4: secret these and days. I think and it's I, and very like easy to keep a secret when you, you, you cannot discuss things when you have the ability to control what is being brought out there. Mm, and okay. I think things are paraded out as false uh, flags, to use that term, for people to look at. Look, the okay. bottom I'm line the is show. this. You're I think you have incredible technology that is being looked at. I think that when you reveal things like this in the press to be seen, you're doing two things. You want your population to be wondering what it's about and have this kind of discussion where we think it's ours and we think it's going forward. And I think it's a complete signal to the enemy to say we are able to do this. And a good example of this is where you had the Israelis fly F-35s over Tehran to prove to everyone there that they could actually put an aircraft right. over the top and do that and do it <laughs> repeatedly not a one-off kind of capability okay that then, is that, I think, that the kind of cool sable, you know the saber rattling that we do with nations because we haven't evolved as a political and as a social group on the planet very well okay so
3: listen though don't you think it, it, and then uh, according to that scenario and then we got to go Um, You know, someday when the higher echelons of the U.S. Navy find out that they've been duped into this, don't you think they're going to be upset? Yeah, they're going to cry
4: all the way into private industry where they're going to have a nice soft landing in the industrial defense industrial complex. You're making my point for me. You're (laughs) making my point (laughs) for me. Those (laughs) people
3: are going to go in and they're going to turn this stuff over to Bezos. Anyway, we got to take it. I agree with that. But, Commander. Thank you, X. Um, A2X, A2? E two, E two, E two. All right. So, listen. Why don't we on that? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Macdonald's Milltrack Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned.
6: UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They are even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most, in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney, on sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac and Ronnie. Well, what a show we have for you tonight, let me introduce quickly the members of the gang who are here. Girls, the very famous JJ is here in one one.
1: Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Glad to be yeah. with you tonight.
3: He's not on camera tonight. We're really missing him because we always like to see what he dresses up as, if you know what I mean.
1: And I was uh, <laughs> Natalie dressed, too.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he, he dressed up as a Las Vegas stripper. We'd miss it because there's no camera.
1: I have my Greek uh, striped shirt on today. Oh,
3: you do? Mikos. Okay. Yeah, Mikos. And my She's black French, scally cap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got to get in the hat. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> Mills, uh, Gilson, Gigi Gilson. Uh, uh,
4: on the wing, Mac. I'm on the wing. There's no reason further, <laughs> further than that. Glad to be with the formation tonight. Let's <laughs> keep And the with it. us. Coco's yeah. with
3: you. Uh, also joining us is... Uh, Agent X, the man who works for the agency that works for the agencies, Axie.
5: Happy to be here, Mac, and the show's been fantastic so far, mm. So far, and I'm yes.
3: sure it's going to get even better. Okay, all right. That's a high uh, bar for us to uh, jump over, but let's see what happens. Uh, also with us, calling us from uh, way down south there somewhere is our good friend Jocko Johnson, ex-NYPD Blue, Jocko.
0: Oh Mac, how are you, sir? And Good. How you doing? The esteemed crew. hmm Okay, squad. so listen.
3: In your uh, you were ten years with the NYPD, right? Yes, sir. Okay. In, in those ten years, how many hippies did you beat up? Tell uh, us. Probably
0: not. <laughs> Come on. I I, I lost track for a while. Lost track. Okay. Down, but you know you run right out of little numbers, little lines. We serve to protect. Yeah. Okay. That was us. We uh, faithful to
3: death. At some point, I'm getting emails and messages. At some point, Raven is going to be joining us uh, halfway through the show, we hope. So please hang on. So listen, um, what we're going to do with this uh, with this segment is, uh, Jocko has a story about, you know, we've, we've said it before, you know, policemen, cops, they run into some really odd things, you know. And, um, you know, every cop who's ever, like, been out on patrol or whatever, just been a cop, big town, little town they run into weird things. You know, they'll tell you weird stories, and this is one of them, right, Jocko?
0: Yeah, this was something I guess we were talking about on Cops and UFOs, a UFO and cop show. And I I remember the incident, but I could not remember the name of it or when it happened. And I saw it recently on TV, and they have a UFO show. There's a new one on, I don't know what channel, but on cable. And this happened uh, 36 years ago. This was in Marshall County, um, Minnesota, a officer. And these guys are out like in the, you know, the Netherlands, they're out there out in the middle of nowhere. And they, and I got to tell you, I give these guys a lot of credit. Cause I know from working with the sheriffs down here, you get out there sometimes you're all alone. You call for help, man. Nobody's coming for a while.
3: You know? Yeah, on, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I can see that. Yep.
0: It's, it's terrible. Well, this guy had that kind of a situation, and his name is Val Johnson. He was a, a deputy sheriff for uh, Marshall County, Minnesota Sheriff's Office. He uh, was on a night patrol. He was driving along a rural state road in Highway 222 near Warren, Minnesota, which is on the border of South Dakota, I believe. And to quote him, he said, I noticed a very bright, brilliant light, 8 to 12 inches in dynam- diameter three to four feet off the ground. He, um, so the edges were quite defined. Now he's driving this uh, 1977 Ford LTD. It's totally souped up. It's, you know, got everything they need out there. These guys like to put a lot of power up their cars. And uh, he's driving on this road and he's going toward the light. And the next thing he knows, he wakes up and he's in a ditch. He looks Mm. in the mirror and he sees these long skid marks where he skids off to the right side of the road. So the story says, it says um, he was unconscious for about 40 minutes, He calls in, he looks at the watch, the clock on the dashboard. It's the same time as the clock on his wrist, but it's mm. 40 minutes later, they both stopped sometime later, you know, wow. before, before the time he woke up and calls for help. Yeah. So he gets on the radio, and uh, he realized the windshield and one headlight of his 1977 Ford LTD was smashed. Both radio antenna were bent sharply back. The watch on his wrist and the clock on the dashboard both ticked 14 minutes. They showed that he lost time. So Hmm. his car is preserved in a museum because the damage was such that uh, Ford Motor Company sent a engineer down there. And they couldn't understand how the damage happened to this car. Where if you look this incident online with his name, you'll see pictures of it. It's okay. amazing
4: shit. Absolutely amazing.
0: Go ahead. Right? You've seen it? The antenna is bent at a degree where it doesn't have a crimp. It's smooth bend. It's like uh, they don't know how it could have happened. Nobody could bend it with a hand like this. Right. And it was like a rounded curve. It was about a 45-degree angle, and it showed no sign of stress or anything else. They realized that the mirror, the windshield was broken, uh, that one headlight, something like, you know, kind of hit the windshield. They, they ruled out power lines, uh, ball lightning,
7: mm-hmm.
0: all these different things. They have all these groups come down, scientists. The sheriff really wanted to get to the bottom of it. And he said, you know, plenty of people have had strange experiences on back roads late at night. Yeah. But very few of them yield any tangible evidence. Fewer still are ever investigating. He goes to the hospital. He has damage to his eyes. Mm. Where the doctor said it was as if he was exposed to a welding torch without wearing the goggles. Mm. Because the light was so intense that it did damage to his retinas behind mm. his eye. Right, wow, and the nerves in there. Um, he keeps in touch. He kind of like disappears after this. Says a, it's a, it's quote is it, it's unexplainable and I and will remain so. I'm happily, I am happy with my mental stability. He says, but people don't call about that anymore. They want to know about you know the UFO, the enthusiast them and different people, and they all want to know about it. The guy, I don't know if he retired exactly, but it said. Uh, In 1982, he was hired to set up the Rose New Minnesota Police Department, but lost the job less than a year later over a funding dispute. Uh, When you're a chief of police and you get fired, he says, you're unhirable. So he (laughs) left the city. He worked as a security guard in the Twin City Malls. I mean, the guy's life just really took a bad turn. Yes. And he went somewhere where, you know, he said, uh, I'd sit in the backyard with a lemonade and talk about it. Uh, they tell me what they thought happened to me, and i nod at the appropriate times. Eventually, they go away, he said, people, because he really didn't know what happened. Right. And, you know, he's 71 years old now. He's retired. He lives, uh, I'm not even going to say, I don't know, I'm not sure, somewhere up in Minnesota or someplace. And to this day, he won't speculate as to what happened to him in 1979. He doesn't think the light he saw was an extraterrestrial, but won't rule that out. The possible, he said, for possibilities. For years, he said, I just, it just hasn't crossed my mind. I saw a ball of light, I drove toward it, and suddenly it was in the car with me. It's unexplainable and will remain so. I'm happy with my mental stability, says at this point in time. His, uh, they people have cast doubt on it, you know, this mm-hmm. incident about UFOs, they're saying, yeah, maybe he nodded out or he did something, he had an accident. But it was just too unusual of a thing, you know, because of the actual evidence and the damage that was shown to the vehicle. And like I said, this vehicle, the sheriff made sure he kept it, and it's put into a museum now where you can go and watch it. And to talk more about his injuries, it says here, it says a deputy responding to Johnson called for help, found the squad car sideways on the road. Johnson suffered bruises and eye irritation that a physician compared to burns. When the story received national publicity, Johnson told reporters the sudden attention had caused him and his family a great deal of emotional strain. On September 17th, on September 11th, 1979, Johnson appeared as a guest on Good Morning America. And since then, this has like been, uh, ufologists is like dream come true because they keep talking about this. And nobody can figure it out. I'm trying to see. There was a report that they made. I believe the uh, Ford Motor Company, which was just really, when this engineer came out, he's like, you know, man, I, I don't know. You know, we just don't know what happened here. Right. They can't explain it. The way the car, the paint, different uh, burns and temperatures. What What was uh, his
3: injuries? What was his injury that knocked him out? Was he hit in the head or something?
0: They don't know. Are they yeah. They assume he was just out of the uh, bright light. Yeah he had bruises to his head like he shook around in there, yeah, so yeah. couldn't yeah. really tell they didn't see he didn't hit the steering wheel he didn't hit the uh, windshield because no glass didn't break yeah he just cracked but, the windshield you got to see the picture of the car so let me ask and you mean, this, this is radio so we can't you know play. so
3: so this guy's life, you know, his career, you know, didn't do too good after this, you know, does he regret even, well, how could he not say what happened, but right, he must have regretted talking about it then, right? I mean, I
0: guess, you know, he, like he said, he never said it was a UFO. He just didn't know what it was. Now, if you go to this word page, uh, it's called uh, ufocasebook.com. There's, and you go to the report, if you just, you know, scroll down, you click on the report, and then right under that, there is all the, pictures of all the damage and explains you know what it looked like and right. what they thought it was so if anybody you know you always hey, listen
3: the radio, yeah. I want to ask something too uh, Raven <clears throat> I listened to a show about two months ago when he asked you did you want to be a cop when you were growing up and you said yes because you, yeah. you, you could beat the truth out of them or something yes. <laughs> I went,
8: yeah <laughs> I gotta I just give them the side eyes and be like <laughs> where were you <laughs> on this <laughs> night and then just be like
4: you know, just grill yeah, them
8: yeah. and they'd grill be them. like oh I'll you know tell you. Right?
4: I, I gotta say raven i can see you in that role yeah. <laughs> right. there's you something about it. you with a big gun belt or wearing <laughs> the uh the uh the Mulder. uh you know, Show outfit all from X Files right. with yeah. the, the badge one? on yep. the hip, because you you would definitely be a badge on the hip kind of woman. There's no oh, doubt yeah. that you, so you yeah. We, oh,
3: right. Yeah, sure.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: And she's gonna pull back the uh, you know the business suit top and and flash that badge and then okay. okay yeah. And then
8: and then like Get yeah, the you see my gun and you're like you know I mean business. Honey, okay. <laughs> I, I don't need to
4: see your gun to know you have a gun. There's no doubt about that. Oh, <laughs> don't no. even go there. Don't even go there.
3: there. Is your t-shirt? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well. That's interesting. Hey, Jocko, thanks for that report, man. That was that's weird, man. That's weird that that happened. You know, oh, that's yeah. a really strange story. It's, and that the and the fact that the thing is in a museum is cool. So listen, and why don't they we realize
0: do something was weird about it? And they wanted to preserve it, which is very yeah, good interesting idea, and very smart. You know, good idea.
1: Well, after listen, all these one, years, what was it? How many? Forty-seven years or something. Nobody's.
0: It happened oh, in, uh, originally in 1979, August 27th. So oh, okay. It's, <laughs> uh, and again, like I said, it was on a, a show recently, this UFO series they've got on either Nat Geo or History Channel. So nobody's even, we, nobody's even
1: offered any kind of plausible explanation, not even a wild ass guess, but what this well, thing might be.
4: No. Come well, I mean, on, we well, can't I, even I explain read,
1: you, huh? and you want to explain this UFO series oh, in right. 1979. I, I,
0: I, yeah. am, I am an enigma. <laughs> oh, boy. Is okay. They, On they, that, they, if you if you missed it, the JJ, they checked out a lot of things, you know, overhead power lines and yeah, yeah, right. Ball Stuff lightning like that, yeah. and you know whatever they couldn't come up with anything.
3: It's a big piece of ball lightning, man. Ball lightning isn't usually that. Now, Mac,
4: you remember that right. that video I sent you in Germany with the ball lightning that came across the railroad station? You remember yeah.
3: that? Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: I mean, that. That ex- you know, that, that explains a lot of things, but it doesn't explain this case. Yeah, no. It just
0: traveled up and around and down the car, you know. It just usually it like hits kn- a bang. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
3: To knock over, you know, knock the the, the, the car off the road, bend the antennas, strange. Well, hey, you
0: know, the damage to his eyes. So.
3: Why don't we do this uh, on that high note? Why don't we uh, take a break real quick? You're listening to Mac Military Milter X-Final Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Coco's here. JJ's here. X is here, Jocko Johnson is here, and Raven is here. She has joined us. She joined us hot, as they say in the biz. Okay. And she's got her in like, hot. Night. It's a bun night. So it's yep. official. It's a bun night. Right. She did a
4: hot rejoin. Uh, right. Just to uh, clarify that, she's always hot. There
3: you you betcha. You. <laughs> well put, Cobra. Wow. Wow. Coco. Oh so why don't God. we do this? Why don't we, make me
8: blush.
3: why don't we take um It's not the first time he's done that to someone, believe me. Why don't we take a commercial break now, whatever that means, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to MacMoney's Milk Drag Snow Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned.
8: I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there.
0: These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers.
3: It was really the, the little things throughout the
0: house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family.
5: This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning.
8: This house has given me my family back.
0: To learn more, visit hfotusa.org.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Moni's now Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show uh, we have for you tonight. Let me introduce the gang. Gets more populated every time we take a break, first of all. Girls, JJ is here, very famous JJ. You betcha.
1: Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. It's a great show so far. Have Dressed as
3: Mikos, the Greek fisherman tonight. Did yes. Like? We don't have him on camera, though. Nope.
1: Mama. My camera's okay. not working.
3: Okay. Um, so... Um, also uh, with us up there from his compound bunker slash whatever up there in uh, the great state of Maine. Commander Cole I pay a
4: lot us. of taxes not to have a whatever attached to the okay. uh, compound. So let's okay. let's try to clean or tighten up that just to be part of the formation, Mac. Thank you so much for having me. Cool,
0: cool, I don't pay a lot of tax, so I just got a bunker.
3: No switchy tonight. Switchy's on a secret mission. That voice you heard was our good friend from the NYPD, Jocko Johnson. Jocko. Hey, guys. The, the other JJ. Uh, also, uh, X, Agent X, the guy who works for the company that works for the agencies or something like that. Xie, how are you doing?
5: Thanks for having me. And I'm living in a little village in the live free or die state. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Eat
3: cheese or die. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, how's your friend's book doing? The uh, What's the name of it? Wolf of Klontoff. Okay. How the Irish kicked the Vikings out of Ireland. How's it doing? Still the bestseller?
5: Well, I don't know if it's bestseller, but it's been on podcasts in all over Europe and oh. all over the United States. A- and soon I may? soon X- to be soon to be on if it works out. On TV? No. The Newt Gingrich. History podcast show. Really, oh, Christ! Wow. What? Okay. Okay. What is that? What's so, the address
4: for that. What if I, that I may, if I may, let's, add, let's, add, let's, let's, add, let's just, let let people easy. look that up on their own. Go ahead. Okay. okay. I just want to say that you have a horizontal. You know, your vertical was was good, but your horizontal expansion on the on the on your friend's book has been amazing.
3: Okay. All right. It's, it's like, like Mac. Nice.
4: Mac makes a splash, and then it 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 it's like the wings. They come out on the pond. It, it, you know, his books, people keep wanting to read his books. And, hmm. By the way, when is the next wingman book coming out, Mac?
3: Join the club.
5: Thanks. <laughs> hey, wait oh, a wait minute, Commander. Does okay. that mean Can I introduce got Raven? a mile wide and two inches deep? Yes. Okay. All does that right. mean you
3: don't know, Mac? What's that guy talk? Who knows? Look
0: at, does, that, does that mean you don't know?
3: I don't know. I'm the last one to know okay uh also joining us is uh she joined us hot in the last segment is a good friend up there on upstate New York. our favorite good witch raven is with us raven
8: hi my friends thanks for having me on sorry i'm super late
3: that's okay no it's fine that's all right yeah we'll forgive you it's fine so how are things with you
8: things are good you yeah know? yeah
3: okay good okay is it uh 100 degrees or is it comfortable
8: no, it's like a hundred degrees, but Okay.
3: All right. <laughs> Bad condition. How are the animals? I have not They're good. scratching scratch water. He's dog.
8: good. And yeah, Friday. but he's good. Friday's right here. She's
3: Friday's a cat.
8: Okay. I don't know what she's doing. We got her a laser pointer. It was the best twelve dollars oh, yeah. I yeah, ever spent.
1: Laser yep. pointers and cats. They're great. They nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go, they never get started. I have two cats, and they both look at him like, get away from me, you crazy. Really? really? They don't yeah, do the laser so thing? They're, 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 they're cop cool. cats.
4: Come on. <laughs> they're, they're they're cats. Too too cool. You're Come right. On.
0: One of them sits by the window. He's got the security detail. The other guy's he's, on patrol. On. He's, he's on.
4: He's doing rounds. Come on. I got to sign a memo book. cats are trying to put the laser pointer on other cats. on, Or shove it up your butt. You're right uh okay so listen so
3: a couple weeks ago we uh more than a few weeks ago um we uh announced that uh, the gang is putting together a band another band another rock band okay and we asked people out there uh for suggestions for the name of the band okay we were overloaded with them but we took the top 10 and raven has the list okay so these are uh uh, listener suggestions for the name of our new rock band. Okay, top ten. Do you have the list there, Raven? I do. Okay. Oh, well, nice. there we go. Number ten.
8: <laughs> one One and the Buns.
3: <laughs> one, one and the Buns. I knew that was covered. Right. X is muted. That. Can someone tell X that he's muted, please? I, one I One and the muted. Buns.
4: Yeah, okay. he's throwing up right now when he heard oh, that, that uh, band title. So he does. He'll, he'll come off. He'll come back uh, on his mic when he's done
3: vomiting. Oh wow, that bad. Okay, all right. Number nine, no,
5: please. I, I, I muted because oh. I didn't want to uh, express any
3: uh,
4: disgust at one, disgust. one of the funds. We understand. Oh, next
3: Number nine, good. please, Raven.
8: Number nine, the Craven Ravens.
3: The oh, Craven I like
4: that. that. That top of the head list, right there. Top I love of the that list. one,
3: the Craven Ravens. It, you That's can, perfect. I like you that. Can think of it two or three different ways. Okay, oh, go absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. Number eight, n- names for the gang's new rock band.
8: Number eight, something new, something switchy.
0: <laughs> something <laughs> new, something <laughs> switchy. <laughs> soft talk jazz, about, talk soft about jazz.
4: current to the times that we live in. Oh yeah. <laughs> how
0: about breakfast or switchies? Breakfast buzz switchy. Switchy Number breakfast.
4: Number seven, Club.
0: please, Raven.
8: Seven, the
4: buntles. The, buntles. <laughs> the buntles. Just keep moving. Keep moving. The buntles. Okay.
3: Number six, please. Name for the gang's rock band.
4: <laughs> I have a feeling there's not enough alcohol in the world to help Here this one. Going.
8: Teddy and the testicles.
4: Teddy and the testicles.
0: <laughs> Teddy, put Teddy. Okay. okay. I just
4: heard a horse go nay in the background, like Rob broker. That? <laughs> wow. Okay. All right.
3: Next, please. Quick.
8: Number five, Big Mac and the Fries.
4: Big Mac and the Fries. I like that one. I like that one. Big, Big, one Ravens and Big Mac and the Fries, one yeah. and two right there. Big, okay.
3: Ooh. Okay. Next, please.
8: Four. Los Cocos.
3: Los Cocos. Mm. <laughs> we'll put a, We'll put a, some Mexican music yeah, in yeah.
4: there. No? I'm not sure that's going to work.
3: Okay. All that
4: right. could be cultural um. appropriation.
3: Swing you can make a,
8: a hat out of a chip, and then put the dip in the hat, and then Dang. just break off the hat and dip it, and then eat the chip.
3: Perfect. Yeah. That's genius, man.
4: Yeah, I, I love, I love it, Raven. But we don't do album covers anymore, Tweety. So okay. th- that's that. that's stuff's not gonna happen. Okay. <laughs>
1: that was coming out in <laughs> vinyl. Coming it's out like in vinyl.
4: Balls, right?
3: JJ. Okay. Uh, next, please. Number
8: three or four? Uh, three, three, three. three. Uh, yeah. Switch and the Baby Sausages. <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, that's a little cruel. That, <laughs> right, like, that's a little here.
4: That crosses a lot of lines. That, oh, that oh, has strong possibilities.
3: That's probably I think,
4: I think uh, Raven Craven just threw up her mouth a little bit okay, on that good. one. It's all right. Okay. Number two, please.
8: <laughs> number two, the red hot cross buns. <laughs> okay, that's again, good.
4: The red
3: hot cross buns. Red hot cross I'm buns. Not,
4: one, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not playing on that one.
3: no, no. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we're down to number one. This is. Uh, listen to suggestions for the name of the gang's new rock band, please. Number one.
8: Number one is Two in the Hat" featuring Willie Club.
3: <laughs> <laughs> one side, little yeah, bossa Two in the hat. Oof. Jocko <laughs> gets it. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. We'll put a well, whoever wrote in
0: this up. gets a gold star. There
3: okay, there I think go. you're Let's right,
4: think. Jocko.
0: Yeah.
3: They just landed my lap. Okay. So anyway, well, there we go. So why don't we do this? That was this quick segment. Why don't we take a very quick break now? And we'll be right back. You're listening to Macaloney's Military Action Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned.
2: It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Step riders threaten from the east. And Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Miltracks our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney, what a show we have for you tonight. Let me very quickly tell you that JJ is here. Yeah. Cece is here. On the wing, Mac. On the no, wing. S- no switchy. He's on a secret mission. Jocko Johnson
0: is here. Patroling around.
3: The other JJ. Uh, also, uh, Raven is here. Raven. Yay,
4: Raven. Raven. Let's Raven. hear it for Raven. It's a good time for you to talk, Raven.
8: I said, hi. Can oh, you
3: hear dear. me? Oh, now yep. we can. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and also, uh, Agent X is here, but he has to leave. He's going to go on a show oh. mission. Hopefully bring his wife up for dinner. Is that what's happening there, X?
5: Wife, girlfriend, whatever. Oh. <laughs> pick <laughs> a pick, whichever one. Yeah. So no matter our au, au revoir and be Au revoir. Senor. To to
0: be no no matter
3: what, he's probably gonna be yelling into the mouth of a clown for dinner, right? I don't...
4: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so tough, Mac. Box. Oh, Sorry. So Sorry. Tough.
3: Sorry. 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 Especially
4: with is the fact that we don't even have those restaurants in the New England area anymore. Oh, really? I mean, okay. wow, right. talk about pain. Yeah, okay. Well, Stop
5: Mac. If you can insult, do it. Hey, X. Oh, oh! Oh! Wow! Oh!
3: Good. New material! Oh,
0: wow! <laughs> okay. right up take I've
3: been good spin. to you, X.
0: I've been good I believe you. X is on a. base. X is a good guy. X, I'm to just nice you, guy. X, X. Because guys like you tell us what we need to do to stay safe, and we listen. Right. We'd be safe, but apparently we don't listen a lot. So good, Thank man,
5: Jocko. Wow! Thank you so okay. much.
0: All right, you don't know, listen to. Boy, these guys this is super a fan right there.
3: All right, X. We'll see you soon, right?
8: X, it was good to see you, even though it was for a short while. See you guys.
1: Okay, throw, thanks for being on. on we'll that. see you Here next you time. Do you want
3: to say anything in uh, in Gaelic? I mean, Cleon, before you go, how do you say <laughs> goodbye in Gaelic?
5: <laughs> don't say Cleon. Go ahead. Line wire. Line wire.
3: That sounds He's just like phone. the Cleons to me. To me. <laughs> sounds like studs. All right, thank you, X. X is leaving us hot. Is that what you would say in the business? That's right.
4: He is peeling off hot.
3: There, he goes.
4: He okay. there we go. He is
3: bingo. There's wow, bingo. There we so go. Goodbye. Okay. So, End of
4: talk. There you go. Jesus.
3: Um we're going to talk this uh segment about very interesting story of real military x-files during uh, World War II, during the 4 or 5 years of World War II. You know, uh, the American Air Force, US Army Air Force back then, used to bomb Germany and German uh, you know, territories, conquered territories regularly around the clock with Heavy bombers, B-17s and B-24s, B-17 Flying Fortress, B-24 Liberator. They were big hulking airplanes for their day. Actually, when B-24s were made than B-17s. B-17s are a little more right. famous. But you know, they're they're basically the same, uh the, the same airplane. Heavy bomber could fly a long way. Very, very dangerous occupation, especially um, you know, even three years into the war, we didn't have fighters to protect them. Once we got fighters to protect them, to and back from the target, that's when things really started to change. But uh, Coco has this story about um, very strange happenstance to this uh, B 24 that happened uh, in 1943,
4: was it, CC? Yes, correct. 4 April 1943, Lady Be Good. This is probably one of the most interesting, I think, of, uh, of cases because it has had a number of variations that gone on um, over the years. And this aircraft was just one that was many of uh, missing aircraft during World War II. It's amazing when you look at the number of missing personnel from World War II, it, it's uh, a, a huge number of personnel. In this particular case of Lady Be Good, once uh, Africa was uh, wrought back from the uh, the Germans, uh, Missions now started to extend across the Mediterranean up into Italy as they prepared to uh, take the peninsula of Italy and move up into Europe on the southern flank. Lady Good B-24, uh, performed its mission, came back and disappeared. Now I have seen over the course of my aviation career, no less than probably four or five different uh, variations on the story of both Lady Good, And I think most of us would know a story, which was a very popular made for TV movie about this aircraft, where the ghosts of the aircraft were presented in a very interesting uh, teleplay that was put on uh, television. In it, Richard Bassart plays a member of the crew that bails out early because he. Is fearful of what's going on survives and the remaining crew crashes in the desert now the physics of what actually occurred in this is that this particular crew um, did not uh, completely trust their instruments and the different indications they had and picked up a tremendous tailwind after a successful bombing raid over italy as they're returning back to the uh, libyan bases that they came out of and because of that they flew deep into the desert, exhausted their fuel, did a crash landing. They survived, and, or a number of them survived, I should say. And some of them headed and started to try to walk uh, north to, uh, to effect a recovery or rescue. And in that course of events, um, all perished, sadly. And as I said in the movie, What occurred was you're watching these men that are at a shot down B-24 and the investigation starts to uh, find them and this aircraft showed up many years later. In fact, if I believe it was someplace around May of 1959 Mm -hmm. that the crash site was found and a full um, investigation occurred and they were able to actually uh, uh, bring back a number of the remains and Mm -hmm. Out of that uh, situation that or, or that process that went through there, um, they were repatriated and, and, and interned properly for their their time uh, post-World War II. The aircraft itself, as I said, caught this un um, very surprising tailwind. They did not believe their instruments that said they were over when they were over their base, and they continued to proceed in the desert to the fuel exhaustion and went out. Wow! So man, there's man. been a number of, of really cool and interesting aspects around it. There is a lot of stories that have occurred around it. But in, in all honesty, in, in really in its most basic format, what you have here is conditions that you know basically exceeded what they expected. And what they ended up with was they flew out their fuel and they did the crash landing and there was no way to uh, radio or let anyone know where they were. They tried to uh, affect rescue and uh, sadly perished in, that, in an attempt. Now, Mac, you brought up about the B-24, the most numerous airplane that was produced in World War II by the United okay. States was the B-24, a very complex airplane. Although it was not probably appreciated in World War II as much, it is probably the most important airplane that the United States produced in technicality mm-hmm. or what came later on was to follow. It had a number of breakthroughs. Now, the B-17, built by Boeing, as opposed by Consolidated, that built the B-24, what is, an, is an aircraft that uh, the B-17 has the uh, – it it, 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 it it brings the emotion up. It brings the the esprit de corps that was ex- exemplified and what happened out of raids out of Britain going into the heartland of Germany. The B-24, very complex, very demanding aircraft, and really required a lot of work. But it developed a technological base uh, that was critical to the future. And we probably see some of the results today with, uh, with what the B-24 represented. And when the raids into uh, Piemonte were into uh, Germany, later in the war, B twenty four carried the uh, the burden of that and really paid a he- very heavy price in those rates.
3: Didn't mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, when it was found in the desert? I think it was found in in
4: like in Libya. That's correct. Found- no, it, it's the Libyan desert, and I believe the the proper date that I passed to you was uh, nineteen fifty eight. Geologists were one the ones that really yeah, oil found geologists. it. Geologists. They were working. It was British Petroleum BP that was working in the area. And they spotted something. And then that's what started the process.
3: So so if this thing, I mean, let's say it did have this unbelievable tailwind, okay, which is basically a very strong wind that you know, can blow the plane off course, make it go faster than, you know, right. normally would. W- why didn't it affect other planes? Was it by itself?
4: Well, I think... It was just one of those perfect uh, storm kind of events. You have an aircraft that goes, it does its raid. It broke up from the formation. It comes back, climbs up. It's at an altitude. And what happened was they just could not, this crew obviously could not convince itself that their indications that were coming on, mm-hmm. that they were getting the kind of wind they were. Um, and in this tailwind situation, there have been times in my flying career where I've been up, and able to get an airplane up into very high winds, especially coming from the western part of the United States coming east, that have allowed me to get speeds that are really unheard of in a uh, traditional reciprocal engine propeller airplane. And I've approached you know, 250, 275 knots moving across the ground. And one of the aircraft that I flew because of the way the jet stream had dipped down that particular area, I was able to bypass pre-planned refueling spots because I was making speed across the ground. Let me, tell
3: you, let me ask you this. Okay, you know, we've never
4: got into this discussion before, but I hope
3: we agree on this. Just talking overall about, you know, what these planes, what these pilots went through in World War II in general. Basically, we bombed Europe, German, occupied Europe, from bases in England and from bases uh, in, in North Africa for a while. And then then Italy. Italy, Okay. And that's basically, you know, this, this constant hammering, constant strategic bombing, they called it. Right. And it cost a lot of lives, cost a lot of crew. And as I said earlier, things really changed in early 1944 when they came upon the P-51 Mustang, okay? Very kind of iconic fighter plane. And that was the first plane that had enough fuel capacity and also had drop tanks that could, um, you know, escort our bombers from their bases over the target and back. Before then, what would happen is that the, the fighter planes only had a limited range. They couldn't go as far as the bombers. So they would just stop like at the Dutch border, let's say. And then the bombers would have to go on, by themselves unescorted and of course the german fighters would just wait for them and wait for the planes to turn back and then they would attack the bombers and you know some of them some days were just awful schweinfurt where they shot down 65 bombers uh there's 10 people in every plane so think about that and and it's very hard to replace these bombers so anyway uh the mustang came along and but what it turns out to be and this to me is just just shameful that there was actually a political tug of war going on within the Eighth Air Force, uh, which was uh, headquartered in, in England, and, and charged with the strategic bombing of Germany by U.S. Uh, forces, was the U.S. Army Air Force back then, and they had these this one um, group called cabal called the bomber generals, and then they had the fighter generals. And the bomber generals insisted, and in their in their careers, yeah, they felt, you know where you know based on this is that the bomber will always get through you do not have to escalate them because that gives them the power as strange as it seems if their strategy you know is the one that's being used they're in power finally it took jimmy doolittle um who was the uh, famous um leader of the 30 seconds over tokyo raid to come to England and to take over the 8th force and he realized that, you know, this is crazy. We have the technology to have fighters escort bombers back and forth. Why don't we use it? And that, that technology basically was the P-51 Mustang, but it was also these drop tanks. And basically you put the tanks, they'll hang off the wing, like they look like bombs, and that's the fuel you use first. And once that's up, they drop the tank. And then you use the gas that's in the plane itself, the internal uh, gas tanks, a lot of which are in the wing. And finally, you know, we were able to escort the bombers back and forth. And that's when things really, that was just the end of it for Germany. But the fact that they figured that a year went by with this political struggle on whether to develop a fighter that could go back and forth. And in that year, you know, hundreds and hundreds of U.S. airmen were killed because of these bomber generals not coming to see in the light or uh, not wanting to see the light um, for political reasons, not to include these fighter escorts. And, and to me, I, I can't believe that anyone would be so crass in the middle of a war to just because your own political line is you know on the line to have you know air crews just die for one year, they figured. They could have brought in the Mustang or some kind of plane with drop tanks, about the beginning of 1943. They actually brought it in the beginning of 1944. Uh, that to me, I can't believe that that stuff like that happens in war. A great military machine, but it does. And actually, I have an, uh, another, you know, example. Now, Matt, is, that, is there a
4: question in there? Because, there's not a
3: question. It's a statement. You know, you can't well, believe I'm that.
4: Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to bridge your statement just a tiny bit. Go the Mustang ahead. was not available until 1944.
3: Drop tanks Many fighter,
4: real. no, no, no. Many fighter aircraft used drop tanks, but they didn't have the range. The Mustang, because of the unique aerodynamics of that aircraft, once it was coupled with the Merlin Rolls Royce engine, mm-hmm. actually became a viable fighter. The laminar flow wing on the Mustang was different. Hey, all right, all, all
3: right. But, but did, did they have the technology?
4: No, they did not. Well, we once disagree. We're going to have they, to agree to disagree.
3: No, no. Because there's a lot what, of writings, and there's a lot of you know articles that you can look on out there that basically said that the fighter finally the fighter generals won the war no, won the and, political and, struggle and they no, started I don't putting-
4: disagree with your your depiction of the fighter versus bomber general discussion that goes on there precision daylight bombing was what the was what the army air corps decided was where they were going to rise and set their hat on the british decided because they did not have fighter Protection to go all the way through. They were going to do the night portion of it, right? Right. And the whole strategic bombing concept was that we could bomb them into submission, which was a Italian air general's, right, Duhe's concept, and it didn't work. The, the, the data shows that pounding Germany did not work at all, into diminishing the capability of what went forward, which was also the the great underlining or the underscore to creating the atomic bomb. Because if the atomic bomb was available for Europe, it probably would have been used in Europe. It wasn't ready until Asia. Now, back to the discussion at hand. Mac, I agree with you that the fight between fighter and versus bomber general is is well-documented, well-brought-up. But the part that you're fighting on is not as accurate until the airplane itself got the Merlin engine, P-51 Mustang, had the uh, couple uh, changes that were done. Now we get into P-51C and D models, yes. as well as the wings, that uh, the wing tanks. As Let know. me just ask right. you
3: this, okay? Could it have been done earlier? I've read lots and lots and lots, and lots and lots. I, I think, think it it probably the political could have, discussion but... caused the death of many, many air crews. If they had just cut off that spot earlier, they would have brought some kind of an airplane in, whether it was the Mustang or something else, okay, to escort the, the the bombers you know um well the but anyway, bomber,
4: me... I, i'm going to agree with you that the bomber generals had a definitive thought in their mind that the massed formations with the defensive armament that was presented on the b-17s could protect themselves and that and it was really a vacuous argument right. once you went a couple missions on that. right were very effective in dropping night uh doing night operations well wow. their accuracy was way down. so the the and but they did not care about how many civilian casualties were being caused right. in that. so this daylight precision bombing versus night bombing area bombing was was a competition that went between both and the fighter community was not seen as a major player because by design um, uh, on on them so yes, you're you. I think you have a lot of uh, a lot, you own a lot of real estate in that argument. But my point will be, and, and continue. The plane yes. was not ready until they have, were able to perfect it with the Merlin engine because it was really a dog. The P fifty one A model was a dog until they got that engine into the P fifty one with a okay. Merlin to be able to produce that escort. The tanking plus the ability to project that far over over europe was there and i will say this the p-51 still to this day presents a very unique situation that you could actually fly a fighter aircraft the distances between britain to germany and still be able to engage and back you can't do that as easily with fighters to the, right. in this current day i understand so it, it had a very it, but there it was
3: something there's something to the political struggle that went on between these two groups sure. at the top of the Air Force that cost American lives.
4: And this goes on at every, every, I realize every that, day.
3: but that doesn't make it any better. And I completely agree. This,
4: and the same it, thing
3: happened, uh, not to interrupt you, but the same thing happened in, in the Navy in the Pacific during World absolutely. War. Absolutely. They had torpedoes that just did not work. Right. They just did not work. And there were this group of admirals who just, Defied any kind of you know change in the in the warhead, and then it turned out that the that the the firing pin was like too weak, too yeah, weak, the fusing, and they would blow the absolute
4: parts. fusing on it was not okay. accurate. It was and not accurate.
3: our own ships. Yeah, and it took yeah it, yeah they hit it and, and lots of misses and so on. Okay, once again that you know once you fire the torpedo, you're giving yourself away. You know, so um, you know that led to a lot of sinkings of U.S. subs until finally someone, and this is a true story, they someone took. An old Japanese zero propeller, and they found out that it was made of this you know, aluminum, but it was straight and you know, who knows, straight and whatever. Some uh, machine shop in Pearl Harbor made a firing pin made from this Japanese aluminum propeller, put it in the warhead, and now suddenly they worked, but still they wouldn't change it. And it took for the one of the admirals who was, you know, against changing the torpedo warhead to be killed in an airplane crash. Someone took over his job. Saw the light and all of a sudden boom, you know, we're sinking everything in the Pacific. So the, it what bothers me a lot is that there are these political games that are going on in the middle of wars. I'm sure it happens all the time. But it happens all doesn't it, make I mean, it right. It happens right,
4: you know? to every current conflict we're
3: involved in. And it's easy it's easy for these guys, you know, running a desk, flying a desk, you know, they're not the ones that are on the front line, you know. Absolutely. And that, that just bothers me anyway. So this can
0: I say something quick? Yes, please. Mac, you know the uh, you look at today we're still doing the same thing. Yeah, right. It, like it happens in everyone. I know, but it's that's what I'm saying is. is we should it's be like smarter said, than you know, that. We should yeah, be smarter we than that. the tools to right. do And job, just because it happened before,
3: it it's not right. It's not right. right. Okay, no, We should have people suck. at the top there really thinking about these things. But anyway, but anyway, why don't we take a break and calm down and regroup? Okay, listening to Mac Maloney's Military right, so
4: X-Files. We're, show. we're at a milk and cookie segment for those that
3: are, <laughs> that are following along. Right, we're looking forward to a popcorn and pizza segment. Coming right up, this is Mac Maloney, Military X-Files on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after
6: this. UFOs are found in Renaissance art on ancient coins and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
8: British Secret Service.
6: Hello, Moneypenny.
8: Hello, W7. How's your mission to steal the secret sex formula from Dr. No-No-No?
2: It'll be going fine, ship for the two idiots headquarters ship with me. Hey, Mac, did Duffalo Krumpus just
3: call us idiots? Yes, he did, one one. He's an ungrateful putz Nice car, though. Yeah, and you know what? Now it's my turn to take But if you drive, what am I going to do? I'll drive. You shoot the machine guns. So no good, way, you I'm driving. Just a license for you and I'm driving. Oh, see what I mean, Monty penny.
2: But, James, we have to get the stolen formula, doctor Nono, before
3: the big two-for-one sale. I'm on it, Moneypenny, but I've got to rid myself of these two marshmallows first. <laughs> well, I still have the red button, don't I? James,
8: not the red button. Cobra, save us! Yes. Hello,
4: gentlemen. And you, Mr. Bond. Oh,
8: my God. Is that
2: Commander Cobra? Jumping from a helicopter through the roof of my Ashton Martin? Well
0: played, Cobra. What are you doing here?
4: Besides rescuing my two friends, James, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to steal the cardio sex formula from Dr. No-No. All you have to do is go online and order it yourself. Then you'll have plenty of the new energy drink that can give you the extra endurance you need to get through.
0: Please, Cobra, tell us why it's called sex.
4: It's called S E X for Strength Energy Accelerator. And it's easy to use. Just mix a scoop of water and shake it, not stir it. 30 minutes before you start your workout, and you'll find you can last longer and feel all around better about finishing your regime.
6: Oh, my.
4: And the mix comes in many different flavors. My favorite is passion fruit.
8: Mine, too.
2: Why, you little troller. Hey, Mac, look at all
3: these buttons. I wonder what they do. I don't know. Push one and find out. No. Not, not, not the, 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 meat, red, red the red one. one. no. no, no. Geez, I hope he's women's his rocket. Guess not.
4: That's SCX, Workout Dietary Supplement, available only through Cardillo USA. Visit CardilloUSA.com for more details about our big two-for-one sale. That's C A R D I L L O usa.com and get some sex today.
3: Everyone, to Mac Maloney's tracks Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show. We've had for you tonight, and it's still not over. Uh, we're waiting for no switch tonight, so we're not going to see the train wreck uh telling us when we're coming close to the end, but we'll take a good guess at it. Okay. With us tonight, girls, the very famous JJ is here. Yes, sir. Hello, girls. Hello back. Equally famous, Coco is here.
4: back it's always a pleasure to be on the wing and look for the ejection seat you give you the proper train wreck seat <laughs> okay all right
3: good uh also um as i say no switchy tonight but our good friend jaco johnson is here nypd well back how
0: are you buddy happy good. to be
3: here good 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 and also a uh, good friend a favorite good witch raven is with us raven
8: hello my friend hello raven thank you for having me Hi, JJ. Happy to have
1: you.
3: Yes, he's crackly tonight. Good to for see Sundays. you. It must be this, his outfit, his Greek fisherman outfit. So listen, you know what's happening is um, we're getting lots and lots of downloads, okay? More downloads per week than we ever have. And I think what's happening is uh, people are going back into the archives, which is great. They're listening to some of the older shows from maybe a year, a couple of years ago. But we got a, um, a couple of requests where they listened to, they caught part of Raven, either your first or second show with us, which was earlier this year, where you told the story about what happened to you and your sister when you were kids. First time you ever played Ouija, right? Now you had some kind of a scary incident, right? Am I right? Or did I dream that?
8: No, you're right. Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. So, you know, just for the benefit of everyone out there, can you retell the story? What happened? You were living in an old house. Remember that part
8: correct. We were living in a really old farmhouse. Um barn was on the property, you know, a stone's throw away from the house. And we were in um one of the bedrooms. It was upstairs. It was like just a classic farmhouse, you know. And my sister and I were asking it, you know, when are we going to get married? You know, who are we going to get married to? And I think one of us was stupid enough to ask like when are we going to die and Then one of us asked, um, is something along the lines of who died in this house or how many people died in this house? Um, Just basically wanting to know, like, you know, is our house haunted type of thing? And it just went, the planchette went to the number three. And we're just like, whatever. Like, that's a stupid answer. So we continued playing, playing, and we're done with it didn't close it out
3: oh like bad move there now you're supposed to close it out there. is that the angle you're supposed oh, to close it very out very important
4: very yes. important. To close the portal you're
8: supposed to close that so we left that door wide open and okay. just put it away went to bed like nothing happened whatever so the next day um it was winter so it had, it had to be either a Christmas gift or it was my birthday gift. Cause my birthday is in winter. So there was snow on the ground and okay. I remember waking up and my mother was like losing it because she thought that somebody was trying to vandalize our property and, you know, doing mom things. And right. so we were like, well, what's going on? And there was a headstone that was, Leaning up against like the barn that was right by our house, mm. again, like on the property, um, okay. and it was just leaning up against there. No footprints leading to or from it.
3: A gravestone. <clears throat> a gravestone.
8: Yep, like a like a uh, yeah, a tombstone, a like the yeah. slab of rock. Yep, tombstone, but like yep. a like an old one. So like not like those bougie ones that are out now where yep. they can make like a heart and they're like you know seven yeah. inches thick. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah like yeah. a really thin one, right? okay so we were like you know she wanted to like call the police and we're just like can we just like not make a big deal out of this when we just obviously we know where it came from because the town we were living in was so tiny that the cemetery was right down the road so we're like can we just return it we'll just leave it on the church steps whatever they'll figure out what to do with it and we'll just come home wipe our hands clean of this because she didn't know that we were Playing with this with the uh she board. did it. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty she, sure you know, she, she bought it for us in,
4: on her property at this point.
8: Yeah, yeah. and I'm pretty yeah. sure she bought it for us, but at the same time, I don't think she expected that we were going to play it like in our house. <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure. Just how like my folks, out, but...
4: they brought me a Ouija board for Christmas one year. So go figure that.
8: Right. Yeah. So, like, what do you think you're going to do with it? So, yeah, really. So we we talked her into it, right? We're like, we're just going to take this back, pretend like this didn't happen. We're good, right? So we get to the cemetery. And I mean, this looked like somebody like ripped this out of the ground with like, it it couldn't have even been machinery. It was just so bizarre. And again, it's winter. There's snow on the ground and there was no footsteps around this plot. Okay, So we just left it there, went home threw the board away. We were done with it. And we we never closed it out. And I think that this just kind of snowballed the entire, you know, We call our, that our in life. the
4: business an amplification of the incident. Yeah. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. wow. Okay. So, so did you ever figure out what happened? Or?
8: So it was like months, maybe a year later. And I don't even know how this ever came about, but somebody that like my mother was friends with was over and we were talking about something and it was just brought up that, you know, um, there had been a death in our house and we Mm -hmm. were just like, Oh, okay. Like who died? And they said that it was um, a set of triplets and that they died in like 1908 or 1912 you know, okay. so before there was like really medicine or yep. whatever. Probably they, tuberculosis, so it's very common. Here's here's some cocaine, like do this cocaine and you'll be fine and yeah, ghost. Whoa whoa, whoa,
4: whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what HMO do you have? The, the the Ouija board's behind me right now and it wants to know about this cocaine medical proceed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs>
0: So, I missed missed that on the other stories, yeah. Really, go ahead.
8: So, but our our friend was like, Yeah, like this, you know, set of triplets died here, and it was you know 100 years ago, and um, they died in the upstairs room of some it was like probably tuberculosis, something that is treatable now, basically. And um, we were like, We were kind of like putting those dots together, my sister and I, in our heads, and we were just like oh so that was what three meant when the planchette went to three and that was why this headstone ended up here because that was signifying to us that was signifying that these kids were buried in the cemetery down the road from us
3: yeah yeah those
8: were the dots that we connected and it was just basically at that point i'm like i'm never touching one of these again (laughs) i'm i'm all set (laughs) How That's soon did true, you move
4: though. out of the house? That's not true. That's I would have been out the next day. You played we... play with that Ouija board,
3: didn't you? Mac,
1: Matt? you're a fraidy cat.
4: No, I didn't. No? no. no. This is it.
8: was I was Take a one and done. I was a one and done. One and one did, you,
4: did you finally ever close this Ouija board out? No. I didn't oh, close so it out? So, so it's open.
1: So the, the board is
4: open. Mac, if you look at my screen, you can see right over my shoulder where it says... Closing, you know, say goodbye.
3: Oh, nice. oh I see. Oh, yeah. Right. It always says goodbye on it. I've never even played a Ouija board. You know, no one, no <laughs> one saw fit to give me one for Christmas when I was a kid. Probably <laughs> oh <my> good. <laughs> you know, probably a good idea. It's like.
0: <laughs> with you. I mean, we were Catholics. We didn't get into that. You
3: know, <laughs> here's the funny thing about this is that it, we just happened to know Phil Baines, who runs the company that makes Ouija boards. Ouija boards, okay, and. I mean, I I think that they're made, mass produced, like in South Korea or something like that. So, you know, how does something that costs about 10 bucks, why would that be a portal to some
4: other dimension? Mac, if you put a focus on anything, and I believe that your spiritual energy can put a focus on anything. It's the same thing when you talk about, you that do meditations and other incantations is what it allows these things to happen these boards like uh tarot cards have a certain connection to the next dimension and that's what causes this to happen we 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 think because we're very sophisticated to use a word that's common in the state, that we're over this it's we're not no we're not and you connect to this and you're messing around you're mucking around in areas that you should not be mucking around in without training it given, just seems I leave that you
3: but it just seems that you'd, you know, pay more than eight bucks for a portal to the next world. you know what I mean?
8: Well, to be fair, I'm pretty sure Ouija boards are like fourteen
3: ninety nine. Oh, OK. All right. I used to
8: work interest. at a toy store and they were not $8. <laughs> 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 okay. it,
3: it, 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 now it's in double digits. I can said. understand. Right. I can, I can get it. Wow. Well, this is an interesting story. So, I mean, I would have been creeped out being in the house. Frankly, I would have just uh, let's move.
1: There's a cool Ouija board yeah. episode or a s- segment of an episode on Downton Abbey. You have to watch for it.
5: Really oh, cool. my God. <laughs> there you go.
4: It's only only you, Jay. I've, it, I've it, mentioned that now, before. You know we're at the end of the show because yeah. the yeah. Downton Abbey
3: you tie-in has been
1: watched YouTube it. Watched it you'll, you don't have you'll a switch
8: it. here to back them up, either. No, well, no. It's no, four it's against one.
3: The,
0: <laughs> drum
8: roll, man.
3: Switchy for the – right –
1: it's very well done.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We confirm it. Wow. Okay. So listen, JJ, is that your way of telling us that the train is entering the station?
1: I think so. Yeah. I think we should. A uh,
3: part of the story didn't come up yet.
1: I think to I think be, it's uh, good to leave the show with a kind of a spooky note to it. Okay. You know?
3: So in other words, that's code for time for the plugs?
1: Yes. Let's okay, do the okay. plugs. Sometimes we don't get to all of them. Let's get tonight. to all of no, them wait. if we can.
3: So, um, but listen, um, two things. First of all, Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops is a military charity that um, builds homes for uh, wounded warriors, uh, veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan. war. Um, troops are, came home, possibly missing a limb or whatever, and they build these uh, houses for them to make it a little bit easier for them to get around. They have like low counters in the kitchen. They have, you know, stairs that are a little more easy for them to get up and down, ramps, things like that. They build the houses and then they give them the keys, no mortgage. They get it for free. They deserve it. Home for our troops. Google them and uh, hopefully throw them a couple bucks, uh, more than a few uh, bucks. But um, 88 cents on the uh, dollar, on your dollar, gets spent towards the charity, and that's very high in the charity biz these days. Homes for our troops. Please Google them and uh, hopefully help them out. Uh, also, uh, we talked about Rasha and his mad Englishman friends uh, putting back together a war plane from World War II, the Mosquito Fighter, fighter bomber. Um, very, very famous airplane of World War II. is was made of plywood, had two Rolls-Royce engines on it. It was the fastest thing in World War II for two years, at least. Sometimes they didn't put guns on them because... Because
1: the plane could outrun the bullets.
3: The plane, so fast, could outrun some of the bullets, okay? Yep. Uh, the People's Mosquito Project, Google them and see what they're up to. They're going to be uh, airworthy very soon. It looks like, uh, you know, they're coming close to the uh, prize, and JJ has... Um, they're going to take civilians up for rides in this. He's uh, volunteered to be the first civilian to be brought up in the new reconditioned, rebuilt plane without a parachute. Know, I don't know if You're I've
4: been officially accepted. Who, who part of the program would love to see JJ <laughs> in a as a wing store on the uh, Mosquito? <laughs> I personally think that would be the uh, most yeah. greatest thing to look out over my left shoulder as I'm piling the Mosquito to see Wayne JJ in the, on 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 the one of the rails in <laughs> the wing stores of the this,
1: you know. Sorry, it's, I, just, I, I, it's, I, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I can have, have a special scarf made by yeah. Mrs. Yes.
3: Mrs. J J. Well, we yeah. can't wait. Bring a GoPro with you, okay? And no matter what happens, we'll have video. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. put it right in your mouth. GoPro.
0: <laughs> put in see the ground coming up yeah. to him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He'll be entitled on a wing and a prayer. Oh,
0: Mac, Cole, <laughs> Mac, Cole.
3: Well, anyway. Hey, listen, let's thank everyone tonight. Let's start with uh, Agent X. Agent X was with us earlier. Uh, thank you, Agent X, for joining
0: us. Good
3: man, okay? good man. Uh, also, thank you, Jocko, for joining us, Jocko Johnson. Let's please my, my pleasure. My pleasure. give him a good hand, night. please.
0: Anytime, my pleasure. Sweet uh, now.
3: Also, thank you, Coco. Thank you, for Coco, for joining us. And um, and when I say thank you, I'm speaking for all the
4: milfs, skills and Gigi gifts around the world. Coco, I, and I appreciate the entire ensemble that you bring there, Mac. And mm-hmm. I also like to note that recently I shared with you a small factoid that uh, it looks like the creator of the Twilight Zone, Rod Sterling, actually volunteered and did work best parachutes as well as ejection seats. Did not really have yeah. career? Why he was writing? I'm amazed, and this has a connection to Raven because Raven lives in a part of New York where he's from. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm. The more I delve into Rod Sterling, the more yeah. I am amazed by the man's creation. Paratrooper. Yes. Yeah. he was an
3: interesting guy. He he fought the network. Doesn't those networks. have a
8: museum here. Which doesn't is have a museum.
3: I can't believe absolute
8: that. crap. Yeah. I Nothing. can't
2: believe
3: that. He's a very famous guy, especially not just science fiction wise, but in the early days of television. He anyway, is,
4: he and his brother, amazing man, you know, amazing man.
3: Uh, thank you, everyone out there, for joining us. We really appreciate it. We appreciate everyone listening to us on the internet stations and also on Voices Radio. And thank you for downloading us. We're everywhere. Okay, go to Podbeam, but uh, most people listen to us on Apple Podcasts. I have to st- say, is um, Alexa, play Mac Maloney's Military X-Files on Apple Podcasts, and suddenly we are there. So thank Mac, you, everyone. everyone.
4: before you go, I yes. would like you to say, for our listeners, to query you about Operation Skyfire. That's all I'm going to say. Operation, Operation Skyfire. And Skyfire. For the, yes, for the dedicated uh, readers of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files mm-hmm. and his work, Skyfire mm-hmm. was the name of a very specific building structure that Mac had created in one of his vignettes and opuses. i want to go back the, and read that book. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> more than more than one. Remember. It shows up.
3: You don't remember. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you very much date. for that. We appreciate <laughs> We appreciate everyone out there listening to us. And uh, this is Mac for the entire gang and see you Harris next time. Please be safe, be happy and bye-bye.